Oh, ho, 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 ho. first time ever. First time ever. We get. I put my sunglasses back on. This is bright. First time ever. The MFG show on the road. On the road. And now on YouTube. And now on YouTube. Thanks to the technical stylings of my glorious guest today. Some of you remember him from episode seven, or what was officially the first episode of the MFG show. And that is Mr. Robert Camp, everybody. Welcome to the show, Robert. Thank you for being here again. Well, being here today. Thank you for letting me come to your house and do this in Colorado. MFG on the road. MFG show on the road. So one of the best parts about this is there's a lot of firsts for this one. Uh, Number one, as we just already detailed. First one on the road. First one out of state. First one, smoking stogies. First one, being outside with a glass of whiskey. Cheers, brother. In Colorado. And in first one in Colorado. Want to thank you very much for inviting us out here to stay. We've had a blast the last couple of days. It really has been great. We've been here now, I guess today, two. Today's the two and a half. Second full day. Second full day. Got in here on Thursday, came to Casa de Camp here in beautiful Grand Junction, Colorado. Uh, and then yesterday we spent like all day. All day. All day in Moab, Moab, Utah, seeing some of the coolest spots. Like visually, I don't think there's many better spots you can go to. It's hard to be. My own little Grand Canyon in my backyard. I've never seen the Grand Canyon, but I'll tell you, after what I saw yesterday, I can't imagine. I, I think Moab's better. You think Moab's better? Because you've seen both. I've seen both. You're a worldly man who has traveled and seen many things. <laughs> you Horse Point, the arches, I think better than the Grand Canyon. And so the fun story with this, the, the best story of yesterday was we go there. The plan was we were going to go to Arches National Park first. Yeah. to go see these rock arches that are amazing. We go there first. Found out the park was full. I'm still not even sure how that's possible. It's like 200 acres. I don't I don't know how a park is full. The other people, it must be parking. parking. Must be parking. So, we get uh, we get there it's full. We can't get in. So, okay, it literally turns us around. They put the gates up and everything. They could yeah. not get in. So then we decide, all right. We go up to Dead Horse Point. Which is pretty cool. And actually, explain what Dead Horse Point is so that everybody knows. So, Dead Horse Point, there's a plateau that overlooks a bend in the Colorado River. Um, and legend is that the cowboys of that time um, corralled wild mustangs, wild horses, mm-hmm. onto this plateau. Um, there were about a gap that's about 25, 30 yards wide. They would select the horses they wanted to break and use for their own, mm-hmm. um, and then put brush and dead wood and everything else over that thirty-yard gap, um, and then the horses would just die. Yeah, that's the legend. We don't know why. We don't know if it even is true. But that's the legend, um, and nobody knows why they did it. Nobody. Yeah, that's the weird part. So nobody knows, like, why do they just leave those horses there? Why not just open it up? I'm going to guess, not that they were lazy, but back in those days, they probably had to be pretty efficient with their time. So, like, we pick the ones out we want. Like, I'm not, I'm sure they were like, hey, you two, can you go back and uh, remove all the brush we used to kind of block the corral there? And those guys were like, no, 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 I'm going to the town. I've got a hooker waiting for me in the saloon. Some moonshine. Probably just whiskey. Whiskey. I would think. I don't know. It is Utah, so maybe. I don't know. Maybe it's a Mormon religion thing. I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, so we, we do that, and uh, after we were done that, we went and got lunch down in downtown Moab, walked the main street, got, oh, some, oh, got, some, got some frozen yogurt, but before that, I bought my first cowboy hat. You did? Oh, that's a missed opportunity right there. I should have my cowboy hat on. For the first one, I'll tell you what. That's why you keep your phone here. I'm gonna text the woman, the lush. otherwise the the lush, otherwise known as the producer of the show, I don't, director of photography. I think so. Um, and let me see. I'm gonna send her a message. This is, uh, uh, bring cowboy hat. I got my first cowboy hat. I uh, had no idea what I was doing. You were so wonderful as to take me in and say, "All right, 
It's gonna get cooler. You need felt. Gotta have a felt for the winter. I didn't realize there were differences. I really thought they were just fucking cowboy hats. Nope. No. There's a difference. Huh. I don't know. So, there you go. I get a cowboy hat. We have great lunch. We have tremendous frozen yogurt. Uh, and then... Some coffee. Oh, we got coffee, too, because we were coffee. dying. I was dying. We, we were all, like, fading. And so, then we decided to head out. And we're looking at the time. We're like, all right, it's getting later. Like, we got to go. Let's just... We're going to head back. Get some dinner when we get back. And as we're leaving, there's one light on the highway headed out of town uh, that you've been through a number of times. Lots of times. And how many times has it been read? Zero. Until? Today. Yesterday. Or yesterday. Yeah. 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 Yesterday. And we stop at the red light. That light happens to be at the entrance to Arches National Park. Yeah. And as we are uh, in the left lane... This guy right here decides, nah, one more shot. Let's give it a shot. Let's see. We shoot in. He makes it crosses uh, three lanes of traffic. We almost get hit by seven tractor trailers. That's not true. There's nobody else on the road. (laughs) But we turned in, and there was the big. Our lane and one turn lane. Yeah, that was it. (laughs) And then there was one big, um, there was one big uh, electronic sign that was like heavy traffic ahead. We were like, damn, this may not happen. We roll up to the gates. Nobody there. Gates wide open. <laughs> Gates wide open. So we just take off and go in. Uh, we go and find the, uh, we drive back, see some amazing uh, rock formations, see some of the wind caves that have been created. Um, the key to this park is that these arches, and this is the amazing part, it are, are created over millions, millions of years. Water and rain and wind. And wind, yeah. Okay. And like it, it's beautiful. And if you don't know what it is, go look it up. Go go to the the um, go to go find Arches National Park and go look at it. I promise you um, of what we're talking about, what we did yesterday. You people have seen Dead Horse Point because you've seen the picture of that winding river around that one point that makes a U. Uh, that's Dead Horse Point. You've also know or heard, have seen pictures of Arches National Park. Those arches, are, those rock formations are on like every screensaver that Microsoft has ever done. Especially Delicate Arch. Especially Delicate Arch. Perfect segue. I like what you did there. Okay. I see what you did. <laughs> the last arch we needed to see was the most popular and most famous, which is called Delicate Arch. Uh, as we're going back and looking at it, we realize there's parking in, in a walk-up or whatever, and I'm glad we didn't do the second part we got to a sign that said parking here for delicate arch trailhead or drive delicate arch one mile this way overview it was an overview that's all it was i'm glad we didn't do that no fast forward when you get to the end you don't see any cars <laughs> and there's no parking lot by there nope. so we realized a couple of things one it's a hike it's gonna be a hike all right what's this hike look like two there ain't a lot of daylight left. <laughs> there ain't a lot of daylight left. Sun is setting quickly. Sun is setting quickly. Uh, we <laughs> we get uh, we pull up to the park and there's a family getting out and you ask them you know how long is this uh, how how long is it gonna take they're like I don't know what did the kids say how long 175 meters 175 meters like that's right. wait we could sprint that in 12 seconds like what <laughs> why is everybody getting all packed up for I was like 173 meters we would have seen but yeah. we're like all right. So we'll see. Um, and then we pulled up. Somebody pulled up. Was it? I think your lovely wife pulled up that it's a mile and a half in. Mile and a half, mile and a half in. So we're like, okay, no problem. We can do this. We can do this. Mile and a half. Hike in. We can do that in 30 minutes. We'll still have a little bit of sunlight to get there. See it. Boom. Take some great pictures. Leave. We were wrong. It was a mile and a half. It was a thousand percent a mile and a half. <laughs> it was not an easy pretty, hike. Pretty, pretty rocky. It was. Uh, I think it would have been. I think it would have been easier had we known the terrain a little better. Had we known the terrain a little bit better, yeah. If we could have mentally prepared for what we were about to see. So let me also tell you that this family, upon the doofy kid saying it's 173 meters away. <laughs> 173 meters. Yeah. 173 meters. Yeah. Uh, we were like, we'll take a look at the map then. That's fine. Because the, the, the mom was nice enough to be like, I think it says on the map over there. We are like, all right. So we drove around. We took a look at the map. And it was like, huh, yeah, mile and a half, uh, 480-foot uh, change in elevation. Which, I mean, it's a decent amount. But it's not that bad. 
it's not that bad. We're like, oh, so and we saw the big hill, the big switchback hill in front of us. We're like, that's 480 feet. Like that, that's where the change is. That was not. That was not. That was not it. That was, not <laughs> it. That was a very false. That model. was like 100 feet of the 600. Yeah, exactly. Which we found out later, it was actually like between six and 700 feet of elevation change, with two very steep climbs. <laughs> It was, a, it was not a gradual 600 feet of elevation no, gain. No, no. And at this time, we're pot committed. We've decided we're, we're going in. And and we start walking, and we get up, and we think we're going to be all right. <laughs> it starts getting worse. And then there are just droves of people coming out. Yeah. We're like, oh, crap. It was like us and one other person walking towards the arch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, we're going towards it. And as we're going like it just it kept getting worse and worse and then the sun was kind of disappearing quickly and when it got dark that's when we got to it's not the scariest if you know what's coming yeah but it's definitely the scariest part of the walk <laughs> if you don't know what's coming. if you don't know what's coming we walk up these little rock steps and then you're on a ledge <laughs> with the last 400 meters is a ledge along a rock wall that ledge was probably, oh, it was probably five feet wide, so it wasn't narrow. Yeah, it was However, it was not what we had been walking on. <laughs> it was not. And it was just a drop-off. And oh, by the way. It was a drop. And the sun was pretty much gone. Yeah. Like, it was dark. And by the way, did we have any headlamps? No. <laughs> no. Good thing so. flashlights on iPhones. Mm-hmm. Sponsor, shout out, whatever. Yeah. Thank you. Oh, look. Look, this lovely woman brought it. Yes, thank you. Hat. You're the best. This is my new cowboy hat. Uh, go ahead and comment down below how much you love this if you're watching on YouTube. If you're not watching on YouTube, you're an idiot. You should watch on YouTube because we are two very handsome men. We're going to sell a lot of things. You need to be able to see us on TV. Exactly. Anyway, you look natural. Like, you look good. You should just move to Colorado. Maybe in five years. Four and a half, maybe. It's not never. I think Rowan would move out here like right now. I know he would. <laughs> but the District Court of Family Law in Anne Arundel County sees that very differently in Maryland. They say no. <laughs> They're like, hard pass. Hard pass on that one. You have five years. Uh, so, yeah. But anyway, getting back to the story. Oh, I should have worn this on the hike. Actually, I'm glad I didn't wear this on the hike. Yeah. That would have been terrible. But so we finally get up. Um, you and your lovely wife were a bit ahead of us. Is uh, the lush did an amazing job powering through a walk that was not standard for her in a lot she, of ways. She rocked it. She rocked it. She was struggling a little bit uh, when we got to the ledge to a woman deathly afraid of heights and trying anything that has to do with heights. That rock ledge in the dark, <laughs> in the in the dusk setting of the sun, yes. uh, was not her favorite part. Uh, but you were up ahead, and you're like, "Hey guys, it's right here." And we were like, oh. "I think, I think." Like you come around this cliff, and it's like, oh, mm -hmm. there one arch, literally on its own, by itself, on a cliff. Which did that thing? Like, we made a lot of Star Wars jokes yesterday. That driving into that park, it looked like Tatooine. Yeah. That pit below that not look like the thing from Return of the Jedi. Oh, yeah. I was like, I was looking the for teeth. Monster thing? Yeah, comes up and grabs it in the infamous, or whatever that sound is they now use for every Star Wars movie when somebody falls. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it's kind of dark, uh, but the cool part was is we were still able to get some great pictures. Um, you got to pee off a cliff. I did. That's I probably shouldn't tell people that. But. No, it's not in the park, though. It was not. We waited until we got out. Yeah, it was a different cliff. It's a guy named Cliff. <laughs> that's, that's who we beat off of. It was a guy named Cliff. Relax. Uh, but we sat there, and like it was so beautiful. Everything was great. It was cool to see all the cars leaving. We were like, oh, that's amazing. Shit. It's a mile and a half away. <laughs> oh, the sunset's beautiful. Uh, your wife has the new iPhone. Again, shout out to a potential sponsor, Apple, if you're listening. Look at this. Come on. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> Great pictures, and we all just kind of hang out there for a little bit, mainly because we were fucking tired. We were real tired. It was, it was a hike. It was an unplanned, unmentally prepared for hike, but we made it. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, how did I get myself out? That's terrible. Ugh, these lighters here. Um, 
Then uh, we decided to hike back. Only we decided. I mean, we had to, we actually. Had That's to. fair. We can't really camp out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. So we couldn't. Um, a lot of photographers, a lot of people still just hanging out there. And it was like, these people just sit here in the dark. Because remember, ladies and gentlemen, this is a national park. There are no lights. Zero. So, uh, as I relight this, you want to tell them how that walk back was? Um, well, for me, it was just fine. Uh, for me, it was fine, too. <laughs> the ladies were a little concerned. Um, and I think concerned, um, unduly concerned, I would say. I would agree with that. I would agree with that. They did not think we knew what we were doing. And by we. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, they didn't know what they didn't think you knew what you were doing. They didn't. They had no faith. Mm -mm. I, was, I was a little offended. I think because we took <laughs> a, a much more direct route. Very direct route. <laughs> direct route. Hey, shortest distance between two points is a straight line. You are correct. And we did not uh, we did not stay on that path. We didn't. We just found a really shady big ass rock and walk down a long way straight line all i had to do is follow me mm -hmm. that's it and then we can't forget jesus people watching this for the first time be like you don't really smoke cigars yours keeps going out um where do you want us to ash by the way i'll blow it off later okay let's do this yeah. um then the mountain lion came that was terrifying i had to wrestle it mm-hmm mm. <laughs> the suplex you put on it actually was impressive. Thank you. Thank you. You didn't take a jujitsu? Nope. Just CrossFit. Mm-hmm. So there it is, ladies and gentlemen. If you want to be able to beat up a mountain lion, I'll fucking do CrossFit. At CrossFit Vex, especially if you're in Grand Junction, Colorado, or anywhere in the valley on the western slope. Say, listen. Look at, that. Look at that. I pretty much nailed it. You should just live here. At this point, I could live here, but only if I can live in Palisade. 100%. For one reason. The wine. Okay. Two reasons. The peaches. Definitely the peaches. <laughs> I've never had one, but the stories I heard on the way up what was yet another mountain, pretty awesome from what yes. I've heard. I don't know anything about them, though. Palisade peaches. They're the best. Yeah. Yeah. And... I've actually lived in Georgia. Oh, that's fair. Palisade peaches are better than Georgia peaches. Whoa. Sorry. To Whoa. My, sorry to the, my friends that are Georgia natives. Hold Palisade on. Palisade peaches got you beat. But don't like, doesn't, like, doesn't Alabama hate Georgia? No. Well, no? It depends on what part of Alabama you live in. Typically, you either Does hate it. Alabama or you hate Auburn. One of the two. Oh, okay. That's George, fair. George is kind of an afterthought. Are you a Roll Tide? No, oh, no. Or War Eagle guy? Definitely Auburn. War Eagle. Wow. I did not know that. Oh, yeah. I thought you were a Roll Tide guy. Oh, no. Yeah. It's blasphemy. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. I saw your phone. You have Nick Saban on speed dial. You are such a liar. <laughs> <laughs> you love Crimson Tide. No. Just What is the thing that they want? Is it the Grove? Does Auburn have the Grove that everybody walks through before the big football games? The Senior Walk. Yeah. Is yeah. that what it is? It's the Grove? So they have, uh, well, a couple of different things. The, the more popular one that most people have, that are not Auburn fans that may have seen is Toomer's Corner. Because um, there's Toomer's Drugstore right on the corner. Oh, nice. And they roll Toomer's Corner. Like, toilet paper. They roll Toomer's Corner after the game. Um, and it's actually a very magnificent sight to see. Tumors Drugstore. Tumors Drugstore. On Tumors Corner. Yeah. Tumors? Mm -hmm. Drugstore. Mm -hmm. This is an unfortunate coincidence the right there. That is... The irony is not lost, my friend. <laughs> no, that is so bad. That's so... Tumors Drugstores. We can't fix your tumors. Mm -hmm. Because our last name is Tumor. We're not a disease. Not a disease But we'll give all. you all the drugs you want. Potentially. Probably not all the drugs. But at least, drugs. at least prescribed ones. And even over-the-counter ones. Yes. I devolved that. All legal ones. It's Alabama. Is anything really illegal in Alabama? Yes. Some are just frowned upon. <laughs> <laughs> we talked a lot about frowned upon frowned, rules this week. Illegal, but frowned upon. Yeah, like, eh, you really shouldn't do it, but it's frowned upon. Like the four-wheeler down the road, technically not allowed, more frowned upon. Right. More like, uh, 
Yeah. What was the other thing we saw? I was like, can you do that? Like, yeah. The side by sides. Yeah, 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 side by sides, like just driving down the road. They got turn signals. It's legal. Some of them have license plates. Some of them do have license plates. Do you have to license plate every side by side? I don't know enough about them. Uh, I don't know. That is a good question. I think for technically for it to be street legal, it has to have like a license plate, license and registration, and all that stuff. Yeah. Hmm. Some of our cop buddies could tell us. No, they can't. All my cop buddies live on the eastern shore. They probably don't even know what a side by side is. Probably not. Cops are dumb. I'm kidding. It's a joke. Settle down. No, I know you don't. I just don't want any of my cop buddies to now arrest me. I don't think there's very many cops that are that snowflake-ish to be offended by. No, actually, most of them are not at all. They actually would find that funny. Yeah. And actually, will a thousand percent pull me over for the the gag of it all, which is great. Which is great. So now you've lived out here now because, for those who don't know, we knew each other when he lived in Maryland, stationed there at. Fort Meade, Fort Meade, right? Yeah. At Fort Meade. Um, retired Army. Thank you, sir, for your service of 20-some-odd years. You did just about every job. One thing, one job I did not know you did that I learned this weekend was that you were a drill sergeant for two years. Yeah. You're the least drill sergeant-y guy I've ever met, by the way. Like, <laughs> that was a drill sergeant. I should say the least drill sergeant-y guy I've ever met. I've met a lot of people that should never be drill sergeants. Maybe probably shouldn't leave their house. They're just, it's not okay. It's good two years. Was it? Yeah. Where were you a drill sergeant at? Fort I probably could have read it there. I didn't read it. Fort Leonard, Missouri. Fort Leonard, Missouri. Army Regiment. So is that... Wait, so I know just because I, I think, like... Sorry, I grew up in Annapolis, so it was always, you know, go Navy, beat Army. Um, and I know a lot of people that joined the Marines, uh, joined uh, the Navy, and their basic training, and, like, Air Force, and, like, where all that stuff is, is in those areas. So is Army basic training where i assume drill uh, drill instructors are drill sergeants are is that where it is is that the main one no. or no so the army being the largest branch mm-hmm. um, in the u.s military <clears throat> no there's several places to go to basic training um, so you have uh i'll probably miss one so you have fort jackson fort benning uh fort Leonardwood, or else fort sill which is in oklahoma Oh, wow. So there's a lot of there's them. multiple bases. So the way the Army does it, so um, so for me, I was an OSIT drill sergeant, mm-hmm. um, one station unit training. So we took civilians, brought them into base training, they mm-hmm. graduated soldiers, and they go straight into their AIT, advanced individual training, mm-hmm. um, where they learn their specific job. Okay. Other jobs don't have a centrally located basic training. So they do basic training at one of those places I just mentioned. Yep. And then go to another army base to do their job training. Gotcha. So. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah that makes sense. Yeah. So we took um, kids as civilians, and we were with them for 19 and a half weeks total to turn them from civilians into military police soldiers. So each. Oh, time, because they stayed, because they were there. They did the basic training, and then they went right into right, yeah, police. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. That makes sense. I was gonna say nineteen weeks. Holy shit! Everybody's like normally six weeks or whatever yeah. it is. But so, yeah, it's so a nineteen and a half weeks total, start to finish, to become a military police soldier. Wow. Of the troops, for the troops, and by the troops. No. So help me God. <laughs> no. No. Did we just get married in the army? We did not. Okay. <laughs> that doesn't go over well on the side of the mountain, by the way. <laughs> That's not a thing. Um. So. That's pretty amazing. I, I guess when I think back to it, like, what is, is there anything in particular that stands out? Obviously, I know you did some combat tours and stuff like that. But is there like, is there anything in particular specifically that stands out? I don't want to say as a favorite moment. I think those are. I I hate when people ask. What's your most favorite? Right, like I hate that. Like, the, nobody has a favorite moment. Can everyone just please agree with that? You don't have a favorite moment. You have several moments that are moments you will never forget for the rest of your life. I, I will truly, I 100% can tell you that this trip is one of those moments. I'll never forget because of the things we've seen, the people we've gotten to be with, and it's, it's amazing. But, like, is there, some, is there anything in particular, any particular job that you did? Because, you, as you mentioned yesterday, you've done a lot. Is there any one of them that you're like, man, the best time? There's quite a few. All right. Well, I'm going to give you a second to think about a couple of them. Hold on. Because the one other thing I want to mention is when we get off the plane on Thursday and we land, 
<laughs> in the yeah. smallest airport, second smallest airport in America. I'm just kidding. It's not really, but it's pretty small. It has three gates. Five. Five gates with a bar at the end. Single bar. Well, One singular bar that is the length of the, the width of the, that, that side. Um, we get off and we kind of get through the exit and I come around and there's this fine gentleman and his, and his wife standing there and he's talking to somebody and I was like, what in the world? Yeah, so out of the blue, small town Grand Junction, waiting for you and the Lush to arrive. To arrive. Well, you've already arrived. We're just waiting for you to actually yeah. walk out. Um, yeah, and one of my soldiers back from 2013, 2014, when I was stationed in South Korea, mm-hmm. gets off the plane randomly because his, I don't remember his brother or his sister, but somebody in his family is getting married in Telluride this very weekend. Wow. And Telluride's how far from here? An hour and a half, I think, 90 minutes. I haven't been there. One place... So a lot of places, but one yeah. place significant that I haven't been yet. Gotcha. Do you need another splash of whiskey? Because it seems like the Lush is listening to all my tasks. I do. All right. That would be awesome. Um, um, but yeah, small world. Um, so Korea was his first duty station, so I was his first platoon sergeant. That's um, amazing. And yeah. So, but it seems like I run into not random people, but people that I know in random places everywhere I go. Yeah, you said that when we got in the car. You're like, that happens to me everywhere I go. Yeah. That's so crazy. Mainly because the Army is the largest division in all the military. Yeah. Arm, branch, branch, branch of the military. Wow. That's pretty cool. So, yeah. So, we do that. Okay. So, now, when you're thinking about it, like, when somebody says, hey, you were in the Army, like, and you did all these jobs, what's the first one that, like, pops in your head? Like, oh, that was awesome. Oh, jeez. Um... Anything in a leadership role, um, mainly because I do miss the army. I don't miss some of the political stuff that you have to deal with once, like. And I was by no means really high ranking by the time I retired or anything like that. I mean, don't sell yourself short. You were but, pretty. You were relatively high rank. Not you weren't going to be in the Joint Chiefs of Staff, no. but like. To so anything in a leadership role, because I don't. I mean, I've been out since 2019. Now I retired in 2019, um, but to this day, I still miss leading and training soldiers. Yeah. Like, the soldiers is the, the heart of the Army. Um, and I think we... Look at... God. The lush, ladies and gentlemen, Woodford is just coming through hard. Another potential... Look, Woodford. Another potential sponsor. We love um, you, and it's great. No, I... Give if there's any question. part of the Army I miss, it's the soldiers. Regardless of duty station, regardless of job. Yeah. 100% the soldiers. Right. Which is why, like you said, like, it's... Uh, it's cool when you run into them all over the place. Yeah. Um, and I had a lot of favorites, but they were different. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, favorites for different reasons. Right. So being a drill sergeant was awesome. You get to train brand new soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, that was fun, rewarding, um, very humbling in itself. Um, I think one reason it was so memorable um, is because of the other drill sergeants I got to work with. Mm, like, really? I, I would probably go back and be a drill sergeant again, although it was the single most physically and mentally fatiguing two years of my life. Um, but I would go do it again only if I could have the same drill sergeants with me. Fair. Okay. So I would say, how many of you are there at that uh, like at that spot? When you're in that post, like how many... How many were there? Drill sergeants. How many there supposed to be? <laughs> Understanding that that's a very likely answer. So but. I think <clears throat> the most we ever had was like nine. Holy cow. We were supposed to have 14. Oh, that's not a that's not a fun shortage. No. That's not like, oh, we had nine. We were supposed to have like um, 11. No. We were spo- I think we were supposed to have four. And then my numbers might be off. So if you're watching this, be like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. It's been a long time. Um <laughs> We never had, we were never fully stacked on drill sergeants, um, but the drill sergeants we did have um, were absolutely amazing Americans, and even better soldiers. So, like, what? So, I think the other thing too that I'm curious about is like when you say it was 
so physically and mentally draining. Obviously, like you're constantly having to watch and train and do all these things the whole time. Like, I don't know why was if it's. So draining? I understand. I think I understand why. Why was it so draining? Like, it's a constant 100% physical exertion for you every moment, every second of training with new recruits. Is that correct? Yes. Um, you get a little bit of break the further into the cycle you go. Mm-hmm. Um, the first three weeks, and it's changed. I'm sure it's changed by now. But um, the first three weeks is red phase, is what we call total control. Okay. Meaning, sold minus sleeping, there's never a moment when the soldiers don't have a drill sergeant around. Right. You were always a soldier the first three weeks during red phase. Um, so those, so typically our day, the soldiers' day would start at four thirty, zero four thirty. Mm-hmm. Um, not not sixteen ten. Not sixteen ten a.m. PM. <laughs> um, inside joke, but yep. um, so drill sergeants would typically get there about four a.m. zero four hundred, depending mm-hmm. on if you're military or civilian minded. Um, we'd wake up soldiers at four thirty. PT would start at five. Um, we'd put them to bed about twenty thirty eight thirty p.m. Uh, we'd have a meeting to go over the next day's training and what was supposed to happen. Um, so we normally got home between 9.30-ish, um, 9.30, 10 p.m., um, and then back at it. Back at it, yeah. You'd have to be up at 4 to get, well, probably no, longer. We, were, we, were, we would be there at 4. You'd be there at 4, okay. Yeah, we would be there at 4, wake the soldiers up at 4.30, and then training would be the rest of the day. Aggressively wake up or just wake up? Uh, the first three weeks, yeah, aggressively wake <laughs> oh, up. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and a lot of people think it's, you know, um, and if anybody that happens to see this, um, at no point was anything ever personal. It was always no. I don't think it was always so. controlled aggression. It sure. Was, it was very intentional. Uh, I don't want to say scripted, um, but everything had a purpose. Yeah, of course. That's what the meeting the night before is for, right? Right. It's to basically lay out the purpose of tomorrow. Right. And this is the plan. Right. Um, now execute. So shark attack, which I don't even know if they do shark attack anymore. Um, shark attack is when we first get them, they first get off the bus. Oh, yeah. And we introduce ourselves very, very nicely. Uh, I think it's nicely, but it's real aggressive. We have very, very calm conversations. We tell them by ourselves. No, and our, no not at all. No. Um, <laughs> How long do you have to go before you start becoming a drill? Like the training for that? How long do you have to go to build up the endurance in this guy? In the throat. Um, so lemon water is yeah real important. Um, lemons themselves, um, lots of halls or throat lozenges or yeah. whatever you want to call them. Um, but no, I I had a very, I was very lucky to have some very good drill sergeants by my side during those two years. Now were you more of because I've seen like a lot of the clips like you can go on YouTube and you can go see like the first days of this and that for you know they show what everybody's kind of all the branches now mm-hmm. you can go in and you can see not only what happens when they go to the academies but also first day of enlisted men first few days of enlisted men this is what they watch and see and there's always like a nice I think obviously with a purpose a designed group of drill instructors that is drill sergeants that is you have your screamers yeah and you have your i'm not screaming but i'm saying things that are probably just cutting right through you yeah were you one or the other or did you guys like really like hey tomorrow you get to scream tomorrow i'm gonna psychologically destroy this person no it's it's really it's all based off the individual's personality because some um during those first three weeks, some had to come more out of character than others. Okay. Um, but the the intent is to make new soldiers realize that it's no longer an individual effort. Yeah. Everything is team-based. Um, you're going to fight and win in combat as a team. Um, you're going to be successful or a failure as a team. Um Nothing is ever done. No accomplishment is ever a soul. Right. Um, no unit's accomplishment is never based off one single soldier. Um, so that's really the first three weeks. It's not to berate them or make them feel less than human or anything like that. It's to 
break that mindset of you're here to do this by yourself. You're right. Not. Break the individual mindset. Right. Right. It's the <clears throat> we are here as a team. Right. Like that's that's the one thing I think I've always taken away watching those um, is that that that's every branch is the exact same in that aspect of it's no longer you. You are not John Doe anymore. You are a soldier with everybody here. And we succeed and fail as a team or as a unit, and that's the end of it. Which is awesome. Quite honestly, it would be a, I don't know, maybe a great thing for most humans to realize. I think so. You know what I mean? Like I, I think that that's probably part of it now. It seems like today is one of those, we're in that space now, I think, where there's a lot of individuals. A lot. And the problem is, is that those that are not individuals that are identifying with a team are becoming completely blinded by that team. Yeah. Right? Like, there's the joke of go Navy, beat Army, or go Army, beat Navy. Yeah. But you all know, deep down, at the end of the day, there's no... Case can, in point. Case in point. I can make fun of my brother. I can pick on my brother. I can beat up my brother. But if you come after my brother... I will murder you. I, I will yeah. ruin your life. Yeah. Um, and I have friends in the Marine Corps. I have friends in the Navy. I have friends in the Air Force. And they're all worse than the Army. Every <laughs> single one of them. But you better believe if somebody comes after them, that's not in one of those branches, i.e. an enemy of the state. Yeah. Um, it's game over. Right. And that's the fun part of listening to other people that have left the military or whatever in whatever branch and do either a podcast or a YouTube show or whatever and they talk about especially since I mean what we just got out of a 20 year war right and all of them talk about if it wasn't for like I was a SEAL but if it wasn't for the Army Corps of Engineers we could have literally never done our job or I was a Marine without the Air Force's intel or whatever support there's no way I could have done my job and that's that thing you're talking about and I think that overall that's a bigger issue now like people can disagree you cannot you can have your team but that doesn't mean the other teams are the devil so, perfect examples when um, we first went into Iraq, um, our army unit, I was with uh, 3rd Brigade Combat Team of 3rd Infantry Division, um, Rock of the Marne, mm-hmm. um, dogface soldier. Um, but You are a dogface. Dogface soldier. I'm just kidding. You're not a dogface. You're a handsome man. Um, but with this big, gigantic, mechanized... Um, brigade combat team um, we had air force close air support spotters mm-hmm. that would call in strike missions for other army units on the ground um, so it's very much a team effort um, and we make fun of each other but at the end of the day um, like I said I, I can make fun of and beat up my brother but you can't Right. Yeah. and then ultimately you think about like we had an interesting conversation earlier today. We won't go into the details of what was around it, but like just talking about being grounded and hearing other perspectives that you're like, I don't want to believe it, but then when it's sort of, you're like, wait a minute, but maybe that has something to it. I want to try that and see. Right. There needs to be kind of more of that. I feel like in general, it would be nice if more people kind of thought that way. Yeah. Um, Just because like, it just makes it, that's one of the things like we notice out here, right? Like the the lesson I've talked about all the time is like, Jesus, everybody we met here has been awesome, and everybody's very different. Um, and I, I think that's one thing that's lost right now. Um, I think we see it more than it actually happens, but we've lost the fact we've lost the ability to disagree yet still get along. Exactly. Um, and I had a perfect saying the other day. Um, I like to give yourself credit for a perfect saying. No, it wasn't mine. Oh. I heard it. Oh, uh, damn. I, I wish I could. Well, I was going to credit it for it you. It says, um, I may not want to eat at the same table as you. Right. But that doesn't mean I want you to go hungry. Oh, that's pretty good. That that actually is perfect. Um, so I can disagree with your choices. I can disagree with your lifestyle. Um, but I, as a human being, I'm, I still love you. I still want you yeah. to succeed. Still want you to be good. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's I think that's one of the cool things also about and then shifting to, you know, next career, right? 
the 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 gym that you own. Yeah. We got to go there today. Awesome facility. Awesome. Like so yeah. much. Like, in all honesty, like I had an idea because I've seen the pictures and we talked about it. And you sent me the videos of certain things that you guys do. And I'm like, okay, cool. And you got there. And I was like, holy shit, this place is awesome. Thanks. Which, by the way, that blue is. You picked the perfect hue. I can't blue. take credit for that. That blue was already there. Um, well, either way, the the blue is perfect, and, and I, I it, it, but it, I think it has a lot to do with why you guys, why the environment in there, and more of what I'm getting to is like there were people. You could tell today the class that we were in. That is all walks of life, all ages, all ability levels, all ability levels in there today. Two people, this is our second day with us. Yeah, when they're like, oh, it's our second day. And the other girl's like, oh, I've been here two weeks. I'm like, holy crap. Right? I mean, we kicked all their asses. <laughs> and we were way behind. That's my bad. We were way behind at one point. But, and not that it's a competition. I'm just saying I noticed. Healthy competition is good. Very healthy competition. And that was the only reason that I didn't take a really long rest <laughs> on my third <laughs> round of wall balls. Because I was like, wait a minute. We're passing everyone. I was like, we got to keep going. But the thing was, is everybody was encouraging everybody. And I think that goes to the rules you actually have on the wall in what is probably one of the focal points of your gym, which is where the barbells are, where you do. And what are the rules of the gym? Uh, Rule number one, I may get these out of order, but rule number one is be on time. Um, I think two is be accountable, right? no. Rule number one is be on time. Uh, why am I forgetting my rules? They don't have to be in order. Um, so basically, be on time. Listen to the coach. Uh, finish the fight. Finish the fight. Um, so I took a lot of my military, my army mindset, and brought it into the gym. Um, it's kind of standoffish at first, but once I explain it to people, it makes sense. Um, so finish the fight. Physically means finish the workout. Yep. CrossFit is infinitely scalable, infinitely modifiable, outside of an injury. We never want anybody to work through an injury or push into an injury. Right. Um, but you can, you're going to sweat. It's going to be difficult. Uh, you might cry. Um, you you might, might throw you up. Might, you might throw up. And that's never the goal. Hmm. Um, you might bleed a little bit. I smacked my shin today with a barbell. Um, but that's we okay. just don't want you to give up. Right. And then the very next rule is stay in the fight till everyone's finished. Mm-hmm. Meaning we don't start putting equipment away while there's still people working. That's right. That's huge, by the way. Finish the workout, catch your breath, get us some water, and then go encourage somebody that's still working. So finish the fight, stay in the fight until everyone's done. Um, and then the last rule, which I think is one of the most important rules, is that if you see an unfamiliar face, go introduce yourself. Yeah, and that was the one that caught me off guard today. Because I will tell you folks... We're in there with the owners of the gym. And, like, I thought people were just going to be like, at first, people were introducing themselves to people they hadn't seen before. And some of the older members that had been there a while, the new people that had only been there a couple of days were the ones most people were going to say hi to. And I didn't think, I was like, oh, I think everybody's just going to kind of like be like, yeah, these guys are drop-ins, whatever. And every one of them came up to me in the lush. It's like, hey, I'm so-and-so. Hey, I'm so-and-so. Hey, I'm Billy. Hey, I'm, you know, and, and just introduced themselves and said, hey. And I was like, damn, that's pretty cool. That is real cool because I've been to a lot of gyms. That does not happen. Yeah. And and, and as I was telling your your lovely wife earlier, um, which, by the way, we are outside their house. So any noise you hear like that, we're outside. Settle down and, and just accept it. Um, but the fact she's vacuuming again does make me laugh. <laughs> like that, that makes me laugh. That's, that's the second time today. That's great. The I love it. Today, yeah. I love it. And she'll hear this and she'll get mad at me. But it's okay. Probably want to punch me in the face. Honk. Honk, Kersey. Um, but anyway, the, the cool part uh, was I was telling her earlier that when the class started and it was a partner workout and we had to say, you know, you had to designate partner one, partner two. So who was going first and, and how we were doing it. it. Just That literally only matters first part of the workout that, that was all that mattered and from there it was just a, a rolling thing and she said partner one you're going in one or uh, uh one minute and then she said partner two you're cheering people on for time and i was like that's pretty hilarious i liked it i like i chuckled i was like that's great and she counted us down 10 and then go and the first thing that we had to do what kind of weird ass bird was that did you see it is that a crow no there's like a pigeon that sounded like a crow <laughs> it's like Colorado Cridgen. 
Um, <laughs> so we go to, hey, you're doing great. I can't hear her. I don't know. She's trying to tell us something through the window. She she took her hand and went like this. Oh, I don't. Oh, there's kids back there. I shouldn't have done that. Um, <laughs> but anyway, the. Uh, uh, I don't know what you're saying. Uh, but she, uh, but when she said that, are you yelling at us now? Oh, thanks. My hat does look good. Thank you. You're the best. Um, she pantomimed that. That was great. Um, she even tipped her hat to me, which because I look awesome. Uh, so I took off on the 400 meter run to start, which I know it's only 400 meters, but like when you hit that turn point and look back, I'm like, Jesus, the gym's a long way away. <laughs> <laughs> but it's only 200 meters away. So as I'm running back, because I'm not in first, not at all, uh, literally everyone that was partner two is standing outside, cheering everybody to come in. I, I really thought she was kidding. But like that's a thing that you guys have ingrained in there. And that's when I told her, that's just, no, that's what we do all the time. And throughout the workout, you would hear, normally when you're in a, a CrossFit gym, the coach is the one speaking, unless there's some jackass making jokes the whole time. You today. Me today. Um, <laughs> I still can't believe nobody else laughed at that thing she said. I was like, no one? She said, just jerk it. No one, but it's fine. Um, you smiled, though. You, well, we were you doing cleaning jerks. No, we were doing cleaning jerks. Yeah, come on. Don't me to me. Um, but they. what was funny is uh, I couldn't believe that. And then throughout the workout, different people were cheering their partner or somebody else's partner, especially – the new people or the lush who has not done a workout like that in like three years, like people were really cheering them on. And that's a credit to you guys. I think that, like you said, I th you, you said it perfectly. It's like those rules, when you first read them, do seem very direct and very harsh until you understand the why. Yeah. Once you get the why, you're like, oh, yeah. And then you see it. And it's just freaking contagious. Yeah, they're, they're definitely, not <clears throat> definitely not arbitrary rules. And they're not... <clears throat> I'm going to make one thing perfectly clear. Is that we're, we don't... These rules aren't forced. They're just... Um, they're not suggestions, but they're not forced. Right. So, the, our members, our community, our athletes, um, I think are the best in the Valley. Probably the best of all the different CrossFit gyms that I've ever been to. Um, obviously, I'm biased, but, like, I don't have to, you know, we don't punish people with burpees if they show up a little bit late. Sure, sure, um, sure. Because that, that's part of the, that in-processing that we do. If you get caught by train, you get stuck at work, or um, you get a flat tire, or whatever, any number of things that happen because of life, I'd much rather you come in five minutes late mm -hmm. and me catch you up real quick yeah. than you not show up at all. Right, right. That's um, exactly right. So, we don't, you know, if you're late, you don't, you don't do burpees or... Um, anything like that. Now, <clears throat> if you don't introduce yourself to somebody that's brand new, you might be doing some burpees, but in a fun, in a fun way, and not you're right. not doing a hundred of them. You might do like five. Right, 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 um, right. But that's just because CrossFit in itself is a community. It's a family, um, and I would go to hell and back for any one of my any one of my athletes. Yeah, and that's and that's apparent with everybody there. I think that's not just a you thing. That's a community at CrossFit Vex. That's the thing, right? It's like we're all here. It literally ties into everything you just talked about about that first three weeks. Right. You're not here to be you. We want you to do well <clears throat> individually. We want you to do well. We want you to succeed and improve, improve, yeah. right? But by having <clears throat> that type of environment, what you're allowing is, and, and people don't realize this, the hardest part of anybody trying to do anything is not the days you're like, fuck yeah, man, here we go, I'm in, I'm coming. Those are the easiest days to do anything you want. Yeah. It's the day you're like, my fucking car didn't start this morning. I had to pick up my kid. I then had to leave work early to go pick up my kid because he was sick. Then I had to take him to the doctor. Now, it's 5 o'clock. I haven't got my workout in, but I know there's a 5.30 class that I can get to, but I don't really want to go. It's been a shitty day. Wait a minute. Even if I'm a little bit late or whatever, nobody's going to care. Like, I need those people. Yeah. I need those people. 
Like, and, and I've been a part of that from, for, from different places at different times where you have those people. You're like, I have to go just be, to be around those people to just reset my brain. And, and that ties more into, I think, something we actually talked about back on, on episode seven, which was like the importance of being able to do something like that physically or active. Like you talked about, like you have one class on Saturdays. Not because you don't want to have more classes, but because your group is so active and being physically active makes a huge difference. People think it's like, I don't, I don't want to get in shape. Nobody's telling you to get in shape. Like, go do something physical because mentally your brain will kick in all those chemicals and all those things. You'll feel better. Yeah. You'll just have, be happier. Yeah, we have a very active community, whether it's, um, I think you met her today. Billy and Sonia, they're redoing their whole kitchen. That's a physically exhausting undertaking. Um, we have people that mountain bike and hike um, and run and snowboard and ski and all these different activities. Um, so we have one class on Saturday. It's 9 a.m. Typically, like you saw today, typically it's a uh, it's a partner workout. Yep. Um, but because we don't... The, the purpose or the goal of X is not to have that become their life. Right. We, we want to be there to enhance every other portion of their life. Right. Yeah. Which, by the way, Billy, the greatest goatee chin ever. goatee in the history of the world. And his nickname is what? Goat. Like Billy Goat. It is a thousand percent the greatest Billy Goat. Like, that's one. I didn't know a man could grow hair that long that looked that Just good yeah like i've seen a couple stragglers like hanging down and even when this monstrosity has gotten longer it's like <laughs> like a no like a debilitated lion's mane um a mangy lion's mane but no i i think that's great man and it was cool to see that in person and you could f- like see the embodiment of it because a lot of people talk about that, right? Like, hey, we want to create a community, no matter what you're doing, whether it's a gym, whether it's a company, whether it's whatever, right? We've all worked for companies that they're like, we're a family. Well, first of all, no, you're not. Two, it never feels that way. But to see the embodiment of it, it was, it was amazing today. It was really great to see that. Yeah. Um, like I said, the, the community, the people themselves um, are highly to credit to that. Um, and my coaches. Um, I think we have some of the, the best coaches on the Western Slope um, and in CrossFit in general. So my, my coaches have free reign of the gym. Um, they all have their own key, um, and they are allowed to open the gym at any time they want outside of class time. Yeah, tell people about that. This is the greatest rule I have ever heard in this, by yeah, the way. So coaches have free reign of the gym because um, when our coaches coach, they coach. They don't work out with a class. They coach. They're there to help people move better. Mm-hmm. That's their job. Um, but in addition to that when they work out if it's not in a class and most of my coaches work out in a class with other members just mm-hmm. not in a class they're coaching mm-hmm. um, but if they want to go in on off hours whether it's a Saturday afternoon whether it's a Sunday whether it's a holiday and we don't have a, a full schedule um, they can open up the gym and open it up to all of the members and who wants to come can come and who doesn't they don't have to um, but it's they incorporate everybody um, yeah there's not one or two people that get extra access or anything like that um, they put it on our community page yep. our little private face, Facebook group um, hey I'm, I'm going to be here from on Sunday I'm going to be here from one to three right and they can come and do the workout with a coach they can come and do their own thing um, I think that give coaches credit because they also further develop that, that community sense of but know. it also gives them the capability that if they don't want to work out with people and they know that they don't put it out even though they may not do this if they were like I just want to work out alone today because I need to get some stuff out of my head that's yeah. normally why anybody works out alone typically mm-hmm. you say and they can do that they can and they yeah. give them that flexibility for that which is awesome that's that's great I, we have, like I said, we, I love my coaches. They have, um, they, they give a shit. They do. They do. You could see that today. They, they give a shit. They truly, truly care about our members, our athletes. Um, they want people to succeed. Um, they want people to get better. 
um, and they're very knowledgeable. We have some very very smart coaches. I it's funny say like uh, shout out to Coach Amanda today because the thing that I thought like wh- probably one of the more like I said it goes back to you making sure you, you and, and and you are making sure that that like hey look we're all here we're all here doesn't matter experience level doesn't matter what your role is any of these things obviously there are certain things as an owner you take but like here she was trying to correct your air squats today yeah, that's why i work out of class right because like she would she came to you and was like try this try this right and i mean she tried that with me when i was doing my overhead squats and i i'm glad i was facing away from her I just laughed at her i was like i don't get lower <laughs> she was like a little bit lower i was like nope doesn't go there. Hey, the standard is the standard. But the standard is the that. standard. No, and she knows, and and that's what she was doing, and and I did. I, I found myself even after I lapped. The next probably, I think I only had like five reps left. The next five, I was like, oh, let me try and concentrate on getting down, which made me focus on because it's an overhead squat, having to really stabilize my shoulders, which was fun. I haven't had to do that in a long time, yeah. and it was great. It was great. Um, and I think that that's awesome that you guys have done that. I, I, it really was was awesome to see the embodiment of so much like really great leadership is what that is. That's that's what that is. It's great leadership and empowering people to be able to do those things, which is good. Um, yeah, man, it, it it it's great out here. Uh, any of you that are, are looking to visit Colorado, you can go to Denver if you want. Um, I can tell by flying in; it's probably pretty crowded. <laughs> <laughs> but from the flight over uh, over to here to Grand Junction, uh, come over here. Come to the Western Slope. It's amazing over here. It's quiet. It's in the valley. You can come in the winter. It's not frigid. Like I mean, it's cold, but it's, it's cold. not going to be like Denver and all that stuff, or even yeah. in the mountains, right? Yeah. But you can have access to all of those same things. This is just a cool area, man. I, I don't know. You know, I think that was one of the things like I told the lush on the plane. I was like, I, I think the part that she wasn't going to understand is she's never really. She's been to islands, and we've traveled pretty much east of the Mississippi, right? But when you cross the Mississippi and you get over the flat, squared, green-brown circle things yeah. of Kansas, Nebraska, that's not a knock on any of you. It's just we, we need those flyover states. We need those flyover states, but holy cow, man! It's just it's like an hour of that in a plane. Like it's just a lot, right? So then you get to, but 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 when you get into this part of the country, when you get into the Arizonas and New Mexicos, the the Colorados, the Montanas, and, and that whole area in Utahs, this does not feel like you're in the same area, and I think same country, and that's a fun thing. Like you hear people say that all the time uh, that come over and travel, especially Europeans, people outside of the United States, when they come to travel, they're like, how do you people not spend all your time here? You have everything. Every part of the country has something different than your part of the country, period. Yeah. It's amazing. Like, I still, uh, the one cloud's gone. The cloudy day is over. The single cloud we have today. The single, (laughs) literal, like, the puffs of smoke we're making off these cigars was bigger than that cloud. It was. But it is the only cloud in two and a half days I've seen here. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And I know it doesn't always stay like this, but, like, it's like, we get one cloudless day every couple of weeks. On the East Coast, but part of that is due to the humidity, and that's the the atmosphere. And then you come over here, and it's it's just so different. I think that like so, you've been kind of all over the country. So you've gotten to see a lot of that. Um, do you? I don't know. Do you even have? I mean, you can say here is your favorite part of the country if you really want to. <laughs> but like, do you have one that you're like, man, it's like, well, you said today, like, what did you tell me today would make this perfect? So, I love. Grand Junction. I love the Western Slope. There's just so much to do year-round, whether it's hiking and mountain biking um, during the spring and the summer, whether it's winter sports, whether it's snow skiing um, or snowshoeing, um, skiing, snowboarding, um, whatever. Um, I, I mean, I've been to a lot of different places and I've lived in a lot of different areas. Um, this is my favorite. Yeah. This is my favorite place to be. Um, it's a relatively short drive to Denver if we wanted to go to like a, a sporting event. Um, we got Salt Lake City a right. few hours away. Um, and you guys do, have done that a lot, especially with the kids. Like you've taken them over to Denver and yeah. gone to sporting events, which I is think, awesome. I think memories are more important than things. I agree. Get, getting kids' memories, going places, doing things, 
Um, but we were talking about Christmas. Yeah, Christmas. Earlier. That was a great example. I think that's an amazing thought that I think more people tell tell people what that is because I, what I think is it's so lost now. When you look at when you look at social media on Christmas Eve, what does everybody post? Things. The picture of the Christmas tree with an entire living room full of presents, and you're like, what the hell? What are yeah. what are you doing? But I, I can't tell you a single present that I had that I got when I was a kid that I still have today. Right. Um, so this year we decided we're still going to get them little things. Sure, of want, course, of uh, course. Little things here and there, um, but their big present this year is something they want to go do. A yep. memory, whether it's a basketball game, um, a trip to North Carolina to see their best friend. Best friend. Yep. Um, I remember, I remember more the places and things I did as a kid with my parents and my family mm-hmm. than I do presents that I opened. On Christmas morning, yeah, um, yeah. So making memories, I think, is far more important than opening a gift, opening a, a, a an item, um, and that's what we're doing this year. Um, my youngest bonus son um, chose to go see his best friend in North Carolina, which I think is awesome. Which happens to also be Kersey's best friend, and probably one of my. Um, Best friends in life, general, um, yeah. and in the army, um, Dave and Ashley. They live in uh, North Carolina, just outside of Pinehurst, um, and that—that's what he wanted to do. Which is awesome. So like, she's taking him there, um, and as a present. So if you see this, don't text him and be like, "Hey, you're going to North Carolina." <laughs> um, so that's his present. And my other bonus son, he hasn't chosen what he wants to do yet. Um, I'm fortunate enough that I. For Thanksgiving, I get to fly my two out here um, for Thanksgiving and the holidays. Which would be awesome. Um, yeah. But they're older. Like, that's the part we have to make sure everybody knows, too. They're like, you, you, right. we, we have older kids. Yes. So my, and then my, your bonus kids are younger. Yeah. So my, my, my daughter and my son uh, live in uh, Missouri. Um, my daughter is now a real estate agent. Um, my son is a senior in high school. Um has fallen in love with welding, um, which I think is awesome. That's amazing. Um, he's really good at it, and he really, really enjoys it. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's about making memories, making things that will last into adulthood, not a thing that they open. Yep. Yeah. No, I, I think that's awesome. I think that's great. Um, you know, and, and I think that, like, hearing you guys say that that's what you were doing this year, I think really sparked something in us because we were really at a point this year because our kids are so much older with everything that's there and what they like. It's like, all right, well, big presents for them are like material wise. Like I'm not buying any of it because it's way too expensive. Um, But the idea of giving them the option was something you want to do. I I think you're hundred percent right. And I think that one of the things I'll say as we approach, uh, the time that we are going to need to start getting ready for the glorious dinner we're about to go yeah. out to. Um, oh, it's going to be amazing on top of the fact that so we're all going to look amazing, might I add. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You'll and, see pictures later on the Instagram. Yeah, you, you go. You can you can go and check it out. It's, it's going to be awesome. But the, the thing that um, – the one thing that, that I've really tied to is there's a study that came out a long time ago, and, and I tell people all the time with the preface, it's a morbid study. However – it's a study of time spent over the course of your life. The study said, and I, I, I believe this is accurate if I'm off by some percentage, sorry, whatever, it's close enough. It's like 80% of the time you spend with your parents in your entire lifetime is prior to the age of 18. So I keep that, that in mind. I believe that. So when you're saying things like memories are better, yeah, you remember things you did versus this. That's because that's when you're spending all that time. And that's what's going to carry you into that time when you're, you're just away, right? Like we had a, a great conversation earlier, which is super helpful for me uh, in, in talking about, you know, you're here. Your family's in Texas. You go down and see them when you can and you do your thing. But that's what you have to do is you have to make that time to do that with those people because you're going to – the majority of the time you've spent with them is, is gone. Take advantage of the moments that you have and you can do that. Then you can then reciprocate that into your kids. Yeah. 
and just say, hey, look, let's spend some time. Okay. Let's do this. Let's make memories. Because those memories are going to be what triggers them to be like you and be like, hey, at least once a quarter I'm coming down to see you. Yeah. Regardless of anything else, regardless of back and forth, whatever. It doesn't matter. That's what I'm going to do. And I think that that's, that's pretty huge. That is weird. Hey, by the way, remember when I had to hold you accountable? I had a, a, an alarm. Uh, I never renamed it. And that is my nap alarm. <laughs> Every day when I go to pick up. So I don't know if y'all can't see this, but this just popped up, and I think it's hilarious. So his alarm literally said, hold Robert accountable. Yeah. And I think that was when, we, when I was doing 75 hard. Or when no, we it was when you were doing, you needed, it was like a six-week period before you were going to Mexico. Oh, You're like, right. I have to do this. And I was like, okay. And so I had an alarm every day that went off. And that's when I would always text you and be yeah. like, what did you do? What did you do? And you were like, already down one, getting ready to work on two. And I was like, cool. I've done nothing. <laughs> uh, no, but I, no, normally we were pretty even. But but that's the that's the biggest key, right, is is um, give yourself reminders if you have to. Like That literally is my nap alarm, though. That's a terrible segue into that. But that's my nap alarm. So when I go to pick up the youngest, I have to get there typically 30 minutes early so that I have a good parking spot to be able to get out at a normal time and not get locked in the parking lot. So as soon as I get there, every day, it is an eight-minute nap, eight to ten-minute nap. Who's that? We're almost done, ladies. Oh, hey, buddy. So this is Bentley, the Benster. We'll have a camera and say hi. Hi. Say hi. Wave. Wave. Sweet popsicle, bro. What flavor is that? Lime? Coconut? Lemon. Lemon? Oh man! I thought they That's were awesome. going to be kind of gross. They're probably delicious. They're really They're good. They're really good. They're really like good. The frozen lemonade. Oh man, that's perfect. Now I'm hungry, which is perfect because we have to get ready to go to dinner. Yeah. Which is awesome. Which is perfect. Which is perfect. <laughs> Did you guys decide on the pizza you're getting? It's already here. What? Oh, uh, we got um, sausage and pepperoni pizza, and Brent got like uh, buffalo, the medium buffalo. Oh, buffalo chicken. Um, Wings. Oh, perfect. I love it. Either way, thanks, brother. This has been awesome. All right, everybody. Listen to this. Share it. Have fun. And, uh, hey, we're all on the same team. Amen. We're out. Let's go get ready. Yeah.